Ladies and gentlemen, it's Scott here from Oak Society. He's here to drop another great episode of content for you. And I am so excited to do this episode today about the Act of 1871. And guys, as you can see, I have a new setup here. It's a little bit more organized. I can get my, uh, my little links on the bottom left there. And I don't have to move my screen around as I moved through the articles. And you guys can now see the text from the articles and the content that I'm reading to you now and follow along with. So I'm hoping it's going to be better for you guys, a better experience, easier to watch. And again, it's only going to get better and better, guys. We are killing it. We are absolutely killing it. So happy Valentine's Day to all of you. And my Valentine's Day plans uh, are not happening because my wife has to unfortunately work. So I'm here to bring you an episode today about the Act of 1871 and how this corporation has enslaved Americans since the beginning, since this has happened. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to be a little bit of a longer one, so hang in there. We're going to jump into all the content, and I'm going to educate you guys today. It's been getting away from, I'm getting away from the politics, the coronavirus. It's been dominating the headlines. I want to do something a little bit different today, so I am still learning about this act myself. I'm not an expert by any means, but I'm going to drop you some, some good knowledge bombs, as I would I like to call them, and uh, we're going to learn something new today. So again, guys, like, share, subscribe, tell your friends and family about this channel. We're almost at 20,000 subscribers. We are growing way faster than I thought, so thank you all for doing that. If you guys can go to my Patreon, you become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. That's $12 a year, or you can do more. It's completely up to you guys if you guys want to up your fandom. Go to my BitChute. This is my backup channel to my YouTube in case YouTube decides to get rid of me at any point. And of course, go to my wokesocize.com page where all my podcasting links are there so you can download my episodes on the go. And my newest edition, which let me just log in here because it logged me out. I have my PayPal me where you guys can do a one-time donation to the show. And it's not showing up properly on here, but that's okay. You guys can go to PayPal. The link is below. And you guys can give me a one-time gift. That would be fantastic. All the money goes back into the channel to make the experience better for you guys. Thank you for supporting independent media. So let's start with the content. So today we're going to be talking about the Act of 1871. And I'm going to be referring to a thread on Twitter, Twitter by IET17 at inevitable underscore ET. He is the one that came up with this thread, and it's going to paint a good picture for you guys of what this act is and how it's actually enslaved us to this day. And it's gonna get it's gonna get crazy. So let's give you guys a foundation. This is from federaljack.com. This is an overview of the Act of 1871. So, since the Act of 1871, which established the District of Columbia, we have been living under the United States Corporation, which is owned by certain international bankers and aristocracy of Europe, of Europe and Britain. In 1871, the Congress changed the name of the original Constitution by changing one word, and that was very significant as you will read. Some people do not understand that one word or two words difference in any legal document do make the critical difference, but Congress has known is, and does know this. 1871, February 21st, Congress passes an act to provide a government for the District of Columbia, also known as the Act of 1871. With no constitutional authority to do so, Congress creates a separate form of government for the District of Columbia, a 10-mile-square parcel of land 
The act passed when the country was weakened and financially depleted in the aftermath of the Civil War was a strategic move by foreign interest international bankers. We all know, Anons, international bankers pull the strings along with the elite behind the scenes who were intent upon gaining a stranglehold on the coffers and the neck of America. Congress cut a deal with the international bankers, specifically the Rothschilds of London, to incur a debt to said bankers. Because the bankers were not about to lend money to a floundering nation without serious stipulations, they devised a way to get their foot in the door of the United States. The Act of 1871 formed a corporation called the United States, the corporation owned by foreign interest, moved in and shoved the original constitution into a dustbin. With the Act of 1871, the organic constitution was defaced, in effect vandalizing and sabotage when the title was capitalized and the word for was changed to of in the title. The Constitution of the United States of America is the Constitution of the Incorporated United States of America. So isn't that interesting? Foreign bankers came in and pretty much sidestepped our original Constitution and implanted their own with the District of Columbia, making the United States a pretty much a business entity or a corporation. I never knew that. So it operates in an economic capacity and has been used to fool the people into thinking it governs the republic. It does not. Capitalization is not significant when one is referring to a legal document. This seemingly minor alteration has had a major impact on every subsequent generation of Americans. What Congress did by passing the Act of 1871 was create an entirely new document, a constitution for the government of the District of Columbia, and an incorporated government. This newly altered constitution was not intended to benefit the republic. It benefits only the corporation of the United States of America and operates entirely outside the original constitution. Instead of having absolute and unalienable rights guaranteed under the organic constitution, we the people now have relative rights or privileges, which is pretty much privileges at this point because the rights you're going to see, we really don't have rights anymore. One example is the sovereign's right to travel, which has now been transformed under corporate government policy into a privilege that requires citizens to be licensed. And we all know when we go to fly anywhere, we have to provide our ID or license. By passing the Act of 1871, Congress committed treason against the people who were sovereign under the grants and decrees of the Declaration of Independence and the Organic Constitution. The Act of 1871 became the foundation of all the treason since committed by government officials. So just to tie that up into a nice summary, guys, foreign bankers came in, um, essentially the Rothschilds from London came in after the Civil War. This con- Our country was in $2 trillion worth of debt, and they weren't just going to help a country that was in disarray. No, let's take advantage of the country and plant this so-called, this new constitution that sidesteps their own, but it will get by the people's eyes and essentially make the people slaves. Not slaves of the general term that we would think of um, when this country started, but it's essentially tax slaves. And we're going to jump into all this and see how this all worked and how this whole entire thing unraveled and how it's still relevant to this day. So let's begin. Number one. The TLDR version is they, by military force, an illegitimate legislature amended the Constitution against the will of the people and legally tricked us into becoming indentured slaves of human capital and the resources of the United States of America, the corporation. So we have republic versus democracy, and this is very important, guys. 
They needed to get away from the republic and create a democracy in order to drive us towards socialism and inevitably a, a dictatorship, the National Socialist Party, a.k.a. Nazi. And guys, unfortunately, today we do not have a republic. Those days are gone, unfortunately. We have a democracy. And if you look at the definitions of them, this is the, I think, Latin version, libera res publica, free from things public, I, and again, our, our Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. It doesn't say and to the democracy for which it stands. It says republic. And that's an important distinction, distinction there. And a democracy emphasizes democracy, which is the next thing to socialism, which is another form of communism. Did you say communism? Can't happen here? Check it out. And as you can see, this is from Noah Webster. I'm sorry, this is from Sir Alexander Fraser in 1747. A democracy cannot exist as a permanent form of government. It can only exist until the voters discover that they can vote themselves generous gifts from the public treasury. From that moment on, the majority always votes for the candidates promising the most benefits from the public treasury with the result that a democracy always collapses over loose fiscal policy always followed by a dictatorship. And that's exactly what we have going on now, guys. And this is the quote from Karl Marx. Democracy is the road to socialism. And that is where we were headed, guys, but not anymore. That is not happening anymore. That, that timeline is gone. Thank God. But we still don't have a republic anymore, and that is what we need to be restored. So we have republic versus democracy. Number three, let's look at the flag. We have pictures here. Sorry for the guys in the podcast that can't see this, but we have the USA military flag the USA civil flag, and then the USA corporation flag with the gold fringe on the outside here. I can see if I can pull that up for you guys. Yep. See the gold fringe. We've seen these flags before. Never really noticed anything or questioned it, right? Some say it is a flag of admiralty slash maritime type jurisdiction and is not supposed to be used on land. Others say it is not a flag at all, but fiction. However, the gold fringe which surrounds the flag gives notice that the African, the American flag has been captured and is now being used by a corporate so-called government to give of its jurisdiction. We have the governing body. We, have, we thought our three branches of government were for fact checks and balances. Wrong. In the corporate law, check out how it really works. Pick related. So this is under the new act. This is what the corporate government that controls us now, this is how it works. We have the president, which rules by executive order, which is unconstitutional. Congress and the courts are under the president. Did you ever wonder why Congress is ignored by the president? The president is the CEO of the government corporation. Impeach today is nearly impossible unless it is in the best interest of the controlling bankers and the one world government elite. Also, what most people do not realize is that most courts today are legislative courts and not judicial. The so-called corporate Congress sits by resolution, not by positive law. So you have the, you have the president, which is essentially the CEO that sits on top. The legislature, the new Congress, and Senate voices the public opinion. The judicial branch underneath that opinionates what's best for the corporate so-called government and the elite. And number four, the non-existent judicial, except for special circumstances that benefits the elite. The top position has control of the second, so far, and so forth. So it's set up as a business, guys. This is the current establishment. There are no checks and balances unless the president is concerned with the uh, with the potential revolution based on the outcry of its citizens. And each puppet that comes into office wears a different costume but ends up serving the same master. And this is why so many people have 
issues trusting any politician, and it's completely understandable. They essentially, both parties, work for the elite and the bankers that control the money behind the scenes. And he says, Anons already know this to be true, and we do. So let's take a look at money. When the country started, we started with gold and silver. Now we play with paper and digital money that is basically a grandiose IOU created out of thin air that the bankers collect back with interest, all designed to further the wealth disparity between the elite and the people. And this is really interesting. You guys have all seen the money symbol, but have you guys ever asked why is there slashes, two or one slashes through the S for the money symbol? Where did that come from? Well, many of the older generations of the American people were taught to write the S with two lines through it. The two lines was a derivative of the U inside the S signifying units of silver. The United States of America's silver dollar is the accepted and approved uniform monetary unit. Monetary unit. The United States of America did not issue paper money until 85 years after its independence from Britain, and when it did, it was backed by silver or gold. Even at that, early Californians refused to accept and use paper currently, especially the people in San Francisco, which is what a, what a shocker, right? Always issues out there in California. But now, the phony money. Today, all computer programs, stock certificates, financial paper, accounting records, etc., etc., they all use the familiar symbol, the S, with only one line through it to denote the amount of debt considered. All notes are IOUs, including Federal Reserve notes. All notes represent debt. The corporate United States is in bankruptcy, has no assets, but can only monetize debt. And right now, that is how it's set up. That's why when I brought up Nisera in the last episode that there are trillions and trillions of dollars in precious metals that are going to be used to pretty much reset the debt and put us into a country, give us a country back with no debt. And that's how it was originally, originally supposed to be, uh, be set up. But let's look at sovereigns versus subjects. And all these images I'm showing you guys, we're going to see one side, when I say sovereigns, is not capitalized. And the other word on the right is going to be capitalized. There's a difference. So it's before this act and after the act, showing you the, uh, the distinction. Look at the name on driver's licenses, social security cards, credit cards, deeds, bank accounts, etc. Name in all caps, isn't it? So sovereigns are living souls coming out of mother's womb onto the land of one of several states of America, our sovereign freemen. So guys, this is crazy because I just had a child a little over two years ago. Pretty much when you have a child before this, it was a free, you know, you're, free, you're a free citizen of the country. You're born in this country. Amendment 10, the powers not delegated in the United States by the Constitution are reserved to the people. And freeborn, unless that right is given up knowingly, intentionally, and voluntary upon full disclosure. But now, under this corporation, we are considered subjects. We're considered property. And we're subject to jurisdiction, Washington, D.C. Let's look at the amendment here. U.S. citizens are 14th Amendment citizens implemented by Civil Rights Act of 1866, originally established for the newly freed slaves. This is to say, now slaves of the corporate government plantation. And when you sign a birth certificate, this is, this is important because I just went through this a little over two years ago. Today... Almost all mothers, black or white, unknowingly inform on their own babies. Take a look at the so-called birth certificate, certificate of live birth, where the mother signed, and you'll see the title of the box stating in small print, mother or other informant. The word other makes the mother an informant. By signing the birth certificate as an informer, she contracts with the government putting her child and her child's future labor as collateral for the national debt. 
which is essentially servitude slavery. The father and mother can rescind the contract within three business days, which is called truth in lending, but no one ever does that. Since the birth certificate neither lists the father as the husband nor lists the wife's acceptance of the father's surname as her own, but has the mother's main name instead, the baby is considered a bastard. Bastards are therefore under the care and control of the priest rule democracy and can be taken from the mother at any time. And hospitals receive a fairly large monetary benefit, $3,000 more or less per child, from the corporate government for having birth certificates filled out and signed. How crazy is that? How crazy is that? So the moment your child you're born, you haven't stepped foot on the ground, obviously. You're not going to, but instead your foot is taken and it's implant in you breathe the ink on it and it goes on a piece of paper, which is essentially the birth certificate. So right then and there. It says right here, your birth certificate has your footprint on it. Therefore, before it touches the land, you are thereby a corporate government asset before you even knew what happened. Shh. Signed off by your mother unknowingly yet knowingly, thereby getting past free will. How crazy is that? And you guys can hear my son right here. I'm sorry about that. So this is a lot of people have been asking me to talk about these birth certificates. So we are, we become government property through these birth certificates. I didn't even know this crazy, right? But this is where it started. We have elector versus voter registering to vote is an admission that the declarant is subject to the exclusive legislative power of the corporate Congress and is a 14th amendment citizen residing in federal territory. So the Electoral College of Electors are the ones that actually determine who will be president, not any popular vote poll, meaning or statistic. And people, they're trying to get rid of this right now. And we have now the voter registering to vote is an admission that the declarant is subject to the exclusive legislative power of the corporate Congress. So it's just more control. We are giving up our control being under this corporation. And I'm not going to go over every single image for uh, time's sake. We have justice system versus just us system. It is really a setup to benefit and not us. He who has control of the money has control of the laws of the land and thus the control of its people. And in our case, all U.S. citizens. And I'm not going to show up the, the, um, the image. It's a lot to go through. I will link this in the description so you guys can read it yourselves. Now we're on to number nine. Prisons for incarceration versus prisons for profit. And guys, I can sell you firsthand. The job that I have, I... I give services to two state prisons. One's a max, a super max, where the worst, some of the worst criminals in New York go to. They are criminals and they deserve to be there. But what's happening inside these prisons is basically free, is slavery, and prisons are essentially just profiting hand over fist from 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 the, from uh, these these actions. More and more prisons today are privately owned and run as profit making commercial enterprise. Creating products and services for sale, it is believed that many judges hold stock or an interest in these privatized prisons. These commercially run prisons do not have the best interests of the inmates or staff in mind, but the bottom line is profit. They need a continuous supply of low-cost labor to produce products in order to increase profits. Even when the crime rate is down, these, private these privateers lobby the appropriate government and judicial authorities to increase the incarceration rate in order to add to their already substantial profit-taking. There are no checks and balances for monitoring this type of system. And I can tell you guys right now, a lot of the private um, jails in New York are owned by families that have been passed down through the generations and they just roll in the money. That is a completely whole entire episode that you can make a series of and we'll eventually get to that. 
So we have guarantees. This is number 10 versus quarantines. Your rights, your land, your things, your money, they belong to the corporation and they will take them and do whatever they want with them through the legal process they illegally set up through the constitution of the corporation. And we know that, guys, because what happens when you don't pay your taxes to the government? They can come in, take your house, your car. They can go directly into your to your wages, pull wages out, and you can do nothing to stop them. This is not how the original republic was set up. Our republic is gone, but I'm hoping our republic is going to be restored. That is, that is the end game. IET writes, you can fight, but you will lose. It is designed that way. We have states versus states in the words in all caps. All state governments today are corporations, not sovereign states. Only corporations are required to pay sales taxes entities of the corporate government. They got the citizens to volunteer to pay up front sales tax on their behalf. Thanks, Democrats. So everyone knows their sales tax. I don't know if it's in every state, but in a lot of states, especially New York. But before, that was up to the states originally to pay for that. But now, because of, of Democrat law, we have here the citizens now front that bill and pay that for them. But this is all set up under the corporation as the business of America. So we have debt versus debt. When a government goes bankrupt, it loses its sovereignty. Important to remember later. The first bankruptcy was after the Civil War, which came that this original act of 1871. Second bankruptcy was in 1933 with Roosevelt. Members of Congress are the official trustees in the bankruptcy. So we have a quote here from Cesario from 55 BC. The budget should be balanced. The treasury should be refilled. Public debt should be reduced. The arrogance of officialdom should be tempered and controlled, and the resistance to foreign lands should be curtailed, lest Rome become bankrupt. People must, again, learn to work instead of living on public. And this is it's talking about public services like uh, food stamps, these welfare programs that Trump is uh, cutting down and is actually getting people off. Um, th- this, is where, this is where Trump is heading our country to now, which is fantastic. But our first bankruptcy was for $2.6 trillion in 1865. And this is where it got us into, uh, this is where we got into some trouble here. But members of Congress are the official trustees in the bankruptcy of the U.S. and the reorganization. And it's not the people, how it was originally set up. The people should be controlling where the money goes, but they don't. That's not in the corporation's best interest. The republic should be debt free at all times. Now let's get to taxation. Taxation is theft, income tax is unlawful, inheritance tax is unlawful, but all are now legal and limitless under the laws of the corporation. And as you guys can see here, taxation, which is now in all caps, under this corporation, there's no limit on it. Income taxes are legal when properly applied and are ever increasing. Other taxations, such as inheritance taxes, are legal when properly applied. And I always remembered hearing my grandparents complain because none of us are in, are in school anymore, but they still have to pay these school taxes. It's just blind, just blind acts because this is how it, this is just how it is. This is what we need to do. And it's all completely unlawful. I've always said, if there's going to be any kind of tax, just give something back to the state that you live in and let the states govern their own, govern each other. Not having this federal, less government, the better. The FBI, the CIA, all these security, these security uh, agencies, just get rid of them all. Just let the state, let the states be in competition with each, with each other to be the best state that they can possibly be for the people that live in those states. Get rid of the income tax, all these unlawful taxations, and get rid of them all. 
Because if you live in New York, especially the amount of taxes that come out of paychecks is disgusting. It makes you want to vomit. And one of the reasons why I'm trying to get out of the state as fast as possible. Number 14, unalienable rights versus inalienable rights. By changing one word in the state's constitutions, we went from God-given rights to government-given privileges. And this is how they change the language, guys. It's very subtle changes, so we the, the, the main, the general public does not catch it. But this is what's happening. So government privileges and benefits, these are privileges. They're not rights anymore. Social Security, Medicare, grants, disaster relief, food stamps, licenses and registration, which is permission, privileges only, no rights, experimentation on citizens without their consent. And guys, when you change the when you change words from right to privilege, privilege means it's something that's given but can be taken away. That is a controlling government. This is not how the republic was originally set up. So number 15, we have records. Birth certificates, death certificates, marriage license, miscongenital—I can't say it. We'll skip that one. All held as records by the county clerk office to keep track of the corporate government holdings, which are applied as collateral to the increasing debt. And when we go back here, the original county clerk. This is how. This is so important, guys. I'm going to. Sh- I'm going to show you this right now. So this was originally created by a statute to keep track of the corporate government holdings, which are applied as collateral to the increasing debt. And this originally started in England. The written records are a continuation of the Doomsday Book, which keeps track of the crown of England's holdings. The Doomsday Book originated as a, a, uh, as a written record of the conquered holdings of King William, which was later the basis of his taxes and grants. Whenever something is registered, it is actually being put into the kingdom's domain. Now look at what the word registered means, guys. The word registered is derived from the word regis, which means kingly. Therefore, recording a document today is the same as registering it and putting it into the king's domain, which the king has rule over and can do whatever they want with it. Isn't that interesting? Properly recorded or registered at the recorder's office makes the corporate de facto government holders in due course. Anything registered can be taken away anytime, includes cars, guns, and your home. And guys, what happens when you don't pay your taxes? The government can come in and take whatever they want. This is not how it was originally set up. Number 16, we're almost there, guys. Free enterprise versus corporatism. The thing created, the the corporation becomes more powerful than the creator who created it. Man is no longer free, but a subservient slave to the corporate structure. And back in the day, people were responsible for themselves. They did not rely on insurance. There's no filing, registering. They relied on a, a trade was made labor for labor. And the people were able to control and be responsible for themselves. We didn't have corporations that, you know, go after each other. They eat each other up and gain more and more power, more and more ego. And they control, they just, they, they essentially become controlling over the general public. The corporate structure needs to reduce the wages of its human resources, decrease costs to increase profit to keep growing. Corporations eat each other and grow bigger and more powerful, thereby allowing fewer persons having big egos controlling the lives of the common folk from cradle to grave. Number 17, schools versus human resource development. Public schools are actually government schools paid for by forced taxation, whether they want it or not, which I was what I just talked about. Teachers teaches blind obedience to the central state, which I just said before. Grandparents are complaining, why do I have to pay school taxes when my kids are not in school anymore? It's just what we do. It's blind obedience. And then we have guns. 
does this even need explaining? We, we're seeing it now, guys. There are, especially in New York too, there are laws just chipping away at our Second Amendment rights, saying what we can as far as magazine sizes, um, different uh, attachments you can add to your guns, can't have this, can't have that. And we saw, again, with Virginia, the two-way rally that they were trying to get to go after the Second Amendment. And now the government wants to disarm the citizens so as to have complete control and power. Every tyrannical government in the past has taken away the guns to prevent any serious opposition or rebellion. And right now, it completely the way it's set up right now, this corporate agreement disregards the Second Amendment or justifies what weapons should, should not be legal, ever-changing, and ever-restrictive. And the word ever-changing and ever-restrictive means they can keep chipping and chipping and chipping away until the Second Amendment is gone, and we literally have no protection against a corrupt government. We have militia versus military. They used our people who were citizens and their desire to protect America as justification to form and use the U.S. military as a tool to destroy other dissenting sovereign nations and cultures. And people always call us the police of, of the world. This is why. This is where it started. To keep financial interest in check. Not because there were truly threats, but that's what they were used as a justification to go after countries because it would it's a threat to the American way of life. So we have to go over there and take care of them. Justifies with the people. People are okay with it. But really, there's ulterior motives going behind the scenes, as there is always with all this stuff. And number 20, faith and worship versus religion. This tax exemption is their permission from the government to exist. Now, before, guys, churches, they existed alone. There was no permission of government required under the First Amendment. Protects against governing, government making a law that would respect and establish a religion or prohibit the free exercise of one's belief. But now, guys, under this corporation, the government wants to control religious institutions by having them come under their jurisdiction as corporations. Now, why would that be? This is to prevent the clergy, the pastors, ministers from having any political influence on its members or the public in general. This is so the government regulates what is to be said and not to be said again to control, to control the narrative. These churches also display the gold fringe flag. Their faith is in the government and not in God. They exist by permission of the government, not by God alone. They signed away their birthright for the so-called benefit of, ta of a tax-exempt corporation. And guys, all churches are under this tax-exempt tax corporation. It's the little carrot the government dangled in front of these the churches to get them to come under as corporations. Isn't that fascinating? Crazy, right? But the same thing happened in Canada in 1871. And, you know, this is what they do. Subsequently, for every sovereign nation, they implement a war. They bankrupt whatever the nation, whatever nation they want. They implement corporization of their government to ensure a payback of the debt. They add interest and perpetually the, the nations become more and more in debt and they never get to pay off their debt and more of the money goes to the ruling banking class and the ruling elite. And this is the vicious cycle right now, guys. That is happening. And and to end it, we're going to be the, the organic act to take control of unorganized land and decide how it's governed. And here's a list, guys. I'll, again, I'll link the, this thread so you guys can look at it yourself. But we have so many territories underneath this corporation that just gives the government complete control over. Completely unconstitutional. It's amazing. All right, so... That is what I wanted to show you guys. Again, I'm no expert on this. I gave you the overview of what this is as far as the, what happens with the birth certificates. 
um, the taxes. Tax is theft. Th- these these general themes that people always throw out, but w- where did this originate from? Where did all this change? It changed with the Act of 1871, which was a bypass of our original Constitution and eventually the destruction of our, of our republic. That's exactly what had happened. And it's happening now, and Trump is fighting against this. We are a republic, and we need a full restoration. And the only way that that happens is if the current institution that is in there now, that is watching it now, is fully removed and got rid of. This is why when people are complaining that nothing's happening fast, you guys have to understand this. What is trying to be changed has been has been embedded for hundreds of years now. You don't just get rid of that overnight. I don't care how long it takes. As long as it gets done, we, the only what choice do we have? Really, what choice do we have? We have to wait. There's nothing else we can do. We can channels like this. We can get the word out. We can educate. We need to get educated first and foremost. I didn't know any of this stuff until the beginning of the month. That's why I've been dying to do this episode. So, like and share and subscribe, guys. Get this episode out to your friends and family. Maybe it'll get them the really stubborn ones to get them to try to think about maybe there is more things going on behind the scenes than what we originally thought. And it's not just conspiracy theories. This is very important. So guys, like the like the channel, like this episode, get it out there organically. You guys are the reason why these views are going up. Share it with everyone that you can. Go to my Patreon, go to my um, BitChute and all my podcasting web, um, pages here, guys. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. I hope you guys got something for your significant others by now. Hopefully you're not doing it today. And uh, we'll see what the news brings. See what the news brings, and I'll try to get as many uh, episodes as I can to you. And uh, we'll go from there. So until then, stay woke.